podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Vatsal Vora, as we review the second Ashes Test match between England and Australia, coming to you from Lords. On paper, one would see that Australians have recorded a 43-run victory over England and have taken a 2-0 lead in the Ashes series, but things could have been so much different thanks to none other than Ben's talks. The England captain scored a mesmerizing 155 on the final day of the second test match and it felt like this is Headingley part 2. This is 2019 Headingley part 2 and and Steve Smith will once again defeat the Australians with the help of the tail and get England over the line and secure a victory which in in, in some regards would have been so so difficult but Things didn't turn out that way. 155 of 214 deliveries, 9 fours, 9 sixes. He he just took the game to the Australians. It's like the it's like he is the big game player in a regards. Like the bigger the occasion, the bigger the Ben Stokes innings is, the more he enjoys those big occasions. He's not let down by the pressure which these big occasions bring. And it was quite evident from the way he batted today. He knew that he is the only one out there. He is the likes of Stuart Broad with him, with Ollie Robinson, Josh Tong and James Anderson coming. But he didn't just stay there and block deliveries here and there. He went for those ginormous sixes which he's, which he's known for. And I'm losing words here because that's the kind of innings Ben Stokes has played today. Yes, on paper, Australians have won the test match by 43 runs and credit to them. They have taken a 2-0 lead in the Ashes series but it's the way that Ben Stokes played and has played today has has just captured the imagination of the Australians and the English and all the people at Lords and that's the one major point I really want to talk about here and that is Ben Stokes. Prior to the start of day 5, England were 114 for 4, I guess, uh, with Ben Duckett and Ben Stokes at the wicket. They had already lost Crawley, Ollie Pope, Joe Root and Harry Brook towards the latter stages of day 4. So, many would have thought that, well, it's only a matter of time before the Australians wipe out the remaining batting of uh, England and secure uh, yet another victory in the Ashes. Similar situation had was there in front of the Indians in the World Test Championship final against the Australians where they needed a 200, 250-odd runs on the final day. But then Australia just swooped in, took some wickets and completely knocked India out of the park. And many would have expected the same thing to happen with England as uh, against Australia, but, but that didn't happen. And prior to the start of day five, when in England were already down and out, it seemed like they were, but uh, like so prior to the start of the game i had jotted down some points on my phone regarding what things i want to cover in this podcast and i had uh, a couple of umpiring decisions which i wanted to talk about short bo- short pitch bowling is baseball dead or not those were the kind of points which were on top of my list but then when ben stokes started to hit those runs after the johnny besto wicket and Trust me, we are going to talk a lot about that Johnny Pesto wicket towards the end of this podcast. But as soon as Pesto was dismissed, Penn Stokes just changed gears. Now, someone in the commentary box, I think it was Michael Atherton who said in the commentary box that there are very few players in world cricket 
who can change gears as dramatically as Ben Stokes. Now, there are certain players who can change gears. Don't get me wrong. They can go from 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 4, 4 to 5. But someone like Ben Stokes, like Michael Atherton rightly said, he has the capability of going from the first gear directly to the fifth gear and that's what he did. Like when Johnny Bester was dismissed, I think in a couple of overs after that, he took he took the attack to the Australians. There was this one over from, I think it was Cameron Green if I'm not wrong, where he pulled out as many as 23 runs in that over. There were three sixes in that particular over as well. Yeah, uh, the, one of them was a dropped catch by Mitchell Stark who carried the ball over the boundary line and I guess that was the over which kind of felt like the coming of Ben Stokes. He then took the attack to the Australians as I said. He was battering Josh Hazelwood all around the ground with uh, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark and Cameron Green to an extent bowling those short stuff which were quite productive in the first innings against England but then again these are the exact kind of deliveries which were going out of the ground over square leg over third man for six over fine leg as well and yeah so but Ben Stokes really really played well and I think that's I think when you see Ben Stokes out there you still have some hope I was chatting to one of my friends during this uh day five and I said like if someone had to go if someone had to be dismissed it was either Ben Duckett and Johnny Bairstow I think many would have uh, many would agree that if Ben Stokes is still out there in the middle you still have hope and that's the kind of play Ben Stokes showed and it was just amazing to see the way he soaked up the pressure like a sponge and the way he was batting some of these shots may seem reckless, but it was well-timed, well-thought-out shots. There were there was slogging, but that it was collect. It was like a organized slogging, if if that's a term. I I don't know. I've never heard that term. So there you go, a new term here on the Cricket Corner podcast. Organized slogging. That was the kind of innings Ben Stokes played. That you come up with new definitions in the world of cricket. But hey wonderful wonderful innings as I've already said a million times on this podcast now 155 propelling England to 327 which ultimately was 43 runs short of the target he was he was nicely partnered by Ben Duckett Duckett scoring 83 of 112 deliveries nine boundaries for him as well uh he was quite he was quite handy with the short stuff which the Australians were bowling at him uh, to the, during the early stages of day 5 and towards the latter stages of day 4 to an extent as well but uh, it was the short stuff which ultimately was his demise it was wonderful bowling from Josh Hazelwood getting a uh, getting a small nick of uh, back to uh, Alex Carey and uh, yeah we, we need to talk about Alex Carey as well because he was quite magnificent behind the stumps throughout uh, this second test match and the Ashes series as a in general but yeah Ben Duck at 83. Then came Johnny Bairstow. He was stumped off Cameron Green for 10. Now, that is an interesting sort of dismissal, which I wanted to want to cover as well. But it was... Uh, we'll do that afterwards. But for the time being, let's, let's uh, wrap things up on Ben Stokes because he was just outstanding. And the reason why Ben Stokes is so good uh, is the reason why he is the captain of this squad as well. He... 
he is the flag bearer of this aggressive style of play and don't get me wrong towards the latter stages of day four he was playing at a strike rate of what 29 30 because he was kind of hanging in there with ben duckett because england had already lost four wickets and it didn't make sense to go bang 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 when you are four wickets down and coming towards the latter stages of day four you didn't want to give australia a sniff because you already had give have given them a bit of that towards the end of day four but Ben Stokes kind of played a collective innings. Some might say that he was going too aggressive in the on day five, but don't forget he was calm and composed and was playing proper test match knock towards the end of day four. And that's what makes this innings of 155 of 214 deliveries even more special is that he has played the innings in two separate gears, a proper test match gear and a proper baseball aggressive style of gear, style of gear as well. But yeah, ultimately, 327, 43 runs short. And uh, let's let's start talking about the normal points, which I wanted to cover now, since we have already talked quite a lot on Ben Stokes. And the first point which I wanted to cover is the short ball tactics, which the Australian used during the first innings against England. Now, first innings, England were knocked out for 325 after Australia posted 416. But it was a kind of wicket where short ball was the key to success because it was a greenish pitch or during the early stages of the test match on day one and towards a bit of day, towards day two as well. But once that greenish tint is gone, it was a flat batting wicket at Lord's, like a typical Lord's wicket. And that's when you see the ball not doing a lot. And that's when you resolve back to short pitch bowling, which completely worked against England. Because England were trying to play hard and fast cricket like they have always done over the last year or so. And the way in which the likes of Joe Root, Harry Brook, Ollie Pope were dismissed, it was really, really worrying to see because they were just giving away their wickets so cheaply that just just to play some attacking shots i think they were so much involved in involved in that kind of cricket that leaving or ducking a delivery wasn't part of their dictionary and that was the demise of the likes of pope root and harry brook to an extent so that was quite worrying to see and many people were complaining where this is the end of basketball. Is, has basketball found a, a, an opponent which you can't play this kind of aggressive cricket against? But then again, uh, that's, that's kind of ingrained in the way England have played cricket, haven't they? And I personally, I have been a huge admirer of this attacking style of play that England have been playing under the leadership of Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum and I was also kind of thinking that well is this the way going forward because when England were dismissed for 325 in the first innings it kind of felt like Australia going to run away with this game and in the end yes it is a 2-0 victory but it was much much closer than all of us expected it to be England posting 325 and when Usman Khwaja, David Warner play, played how, the way they played in the second innings, showed that the basketball kind of cricket is not going to work against the Australians because they were really going going along well. But then England started using the same tactics which the which the Australians had used against them, and that was the way 
to take wickets in a way and and England kind of did take wickets uh, in by bowling short and they dismissed the likes of Head, Green, uh, Alex Carey, Pat Cummings and the rest of the tail in that regard. So short ball tactics didn't only work for Australians, it kind of worked for England as well. And but but it worked a little too late as far as the English side is concerned because Australia had already piled up a total of 300, sorry, 279 and had posted a, to- a target of 371 for England. And once again, it was it was really, really difficult to see how England were playing in the first innings because, yes, you have this restricted the Australians for 416, which is also a big enough total. But then you have to come out and play in a way which is which all obviously backs your strengths, but then you have to be calm and calculated at stuff as well. You There was no doubt in my mind you could have ducked out of a few short balls here and there and played a few which you were comfortable with because there was uh, the likes of Harry Brook and Joe Root are kind of very good with the pull shot, but it doesn't make sense that you keep on playing those kind of shots day in, day out, if you get me wrong. I think if you, if you get me, right there uh, i think uh, i think it was michael vaughan who said it in the commentary box uh, i don't remember if it was it was michael vaughan or not and he said that england don't realize when they are on top and it felt like england were at the top during the early stages of their first innings they were 188 when they lost ollie pope for uh, for i guess 42 or 43 odd runs yeah Oli pope did score 42 they were 188 for two and were looking so good out there zach crawley had already started the innings in some blistering fashion he scored one of the most beautiful 48 runs you will see he was in complete control and he had taken the australian attack head on and he scored five boundaries along the way and some of the four some of the cover drives on drives and the pull shot the flicks which he score which he hit in those 48 runs was just out of this world and i texted one of my friends joe if you are listening shout out to you i texted joe and i said like zach Crowley is such a nice person to watch he's such a watchable watchable player when he's in in full swing and he kind of agreed with me as well but then again he was stumped off Nathan Lyon but then again there was Ben Duckett out there he scored 98 in the first innings as well Polly Pope 42 Joe Root with 10 and Harry Brook with 50 but it's they have gotten scores there they have gotten starts there but then again the way in which they were they were giving their wickets away was kind of worrying seeing as an England fan but then again 325 was an okay total because you got a, you got a, eventually got a target of 371, which you kind of chased down, all thanks to Ben Stokes again. But yeah, it it is what it is in the end. And Australia have won it by 43 runs. But the short ball tactics is something which was really, really interesting to see. And I think it's more to do with the kind of wicket on which they were batting. Like there was a picture circulating on social media where, uh, showcasing the field placement of... Uh, of the Australians against England in the first innings and like everyone were just behind like the silly point square leg kind of position everyone were behind because all they were bowling was short stuff the likes of Hazelwood, Cummins and Stark and it kind of worked as far as the Australians are concerned and here they are with a 2-0 lead in the Ashes series 
let's finally address the elephant in the room and the, no i'm not talking about pen stocks i'm talking about two controversial umpiring decisions which happened in england's second innings the first of the first one has to do with ben duckett and mitchell stark ben duckett tried to play an upperish cut towards third man where mitchell stark mitchell stark was standing takes the catch then it appears that while sliding he had the ball in his left hand and he was dragging the ball along on the ground while taking the catch now eventually it was given not out but when mitchell stark mitchell stark looked quite convinced that it is out but then the third umpire came into the action and was given not out now it's it's controversial don't get me wrong australians might believe that the third umpire have done him done them dirty but then again i feel like the decision was quite right uh i think mcc later tweeted with a screenshot of the rule book stating that the player who takes the catch has to be in control of the ball partic- uh, in like has to be in control of the ball throughout his body movement or such and it appeared that ben stokes is not in total control i guess because he was still sliding and sliding doesn't mean that you are in control of that ball and if you are uh brushing the turf with the ball i think the decision was quite right i feel like third umpire made the right call it felt like stark was still not in control of his body and his movement completely and if there's even a little doubt that the ball has brushed the turf i guess it's quite right that you give Uh, the decision in favor of the batsman you give them the benefit of doubt because there was still concerns surrounding whether the f- fingers were underneath the ball while stark was sliding and not and being and still being in movement and not being completely stationary these kind of talks just reminds you of that shubman gill wicket against uh, cameron green in the world test championship final doesn't it but hey again this time the decision goes against the australians rather than going in favor of australians like it did in the world test championship final but yeah i think that was the kind of decision which could have gone either way but in the end looking at the replays and stuff and looking at the official rule books it kind of makes sense why the third umpire went with the decision of not out and that did eventually propel pentaket to another 40 odd runs and eventually scoring 83 the second one which is a lot fresher in my mind because it just happened uh, on day 5 on the day which i am recording this podcast and that was the stumping of cameron green of of johnny besto bowled by cameron green stumped by alex carey and that was just that was just hilarious wasn't it i think it was a short ball by Cameron Green what a surprise Australian bowling shot that's what they have done throughout this second test match and uh, i think it bowled it short and uh, like Johnny Besto surprise surprise he ducks which the english batsmen should have done in the first innings but hey second innings they learn things and Johnny Besto ducks and the ball goes into the hands of Alex Carey now then Johnny Besto thinks well ball is dead but Alex Carey was quite smart and as soon as Johnny Besto thought that the ball is dead he trump he like trolled out of his 
he went for a walk basically he left the crease and just he thought like well the ball is dead i might just talk to with my partner now but no the ball was not dead and alex carey was so smart that he ran him out he just uh, threw the ball onto the stumps no, no no fuss about it he just rolled the ball onto the stumps not even threw the ball he just rolled the ball on the stumps and he was being dismissed now again this was controversial because a england were in a tight position they had just lost ben duckett of uh, uh, a few a uh, few balls a few overs ago and they didn't want to lose their star bat star batsman in johnny besto the crowd didn't want to wanted to go so early so obviously there were boos and chants all over the lord stadium but then again uh the third umpire gave johnny besto out and i feel like that's another right decision as far as the third umpiring is concerned and a lot of english fans will not like me saying this but hey the ball was not dead because even before johnny besto left his crease i think alex carey had already rolled the ball onto the stumps anticipating that johnny besto would leave his crease and surprise surprise he did now i think is it is it smart from alex carey is it foolish from johnny besto i think it's kind of a definition uh, like a mixture of both now you can't call a proper professional cricketer foolish but i think in though in that particular moment he had like a moment there where he wasn't aware of his surroundings and many might would have just expected that well i've just dug the ball the ball is with the wicket keeper and he's going to probably give it to slip or to the captain to you know shine the ball or do whatever they do apart from what they do with the sand sandpaper stuff not talking about that here but yeah i think johnny besto would have kind of assumed that that's going that's what's going on behind him so he just casually walks out of his crease but then again it wasn't what he was expecting and he was given run out now apparently that's not a run out that's a stumping because the ball is with the wicket keeper and he has dislodged the stumps in that very moment so i don't think i've ever seen a stumping of a medium pacer or a fast bowler and i think this is the first and the last time i'm going to see that because it usually stumpings only happen when you have a spinner bowling but hey this time it's a fast bowler and the wicket does go in cameron green's column but then again uh, i guess both of them uh, the controversial decisions were which were made by the umpires were correct be it mitchell starks ghost catch or johnny besto being stumped by alex carey of cameron green i guess i think both of them were correct and if you sit down calm yourself down and have a look i think you kind of agree that well yeah the ball was not dead and it felt that uh, it was still in the play and the wicket should stand Stuart Broad came out once Johnny Besto was dismissed and I think he he just had to hang in there as soon as Johnny Besto was dismissed Ben Stokes just went bang 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 because I think he scored 46 not out of just 21 deliveries as soon as when Ben Stokes was dismissed which saw him brought his bring his 100 as well and that was I think a blessing in disguise as far as Ben Stokes is concerned because as soon as he was dismissed he Uh, I mean Johnny Besto was this way Ben Stokes decided that well I'm I'm the only one remaining here might as well give it a whack and he kind of did and it was just mesmerizing to see 
I think when he dismissed England still needed a good amount of runs more than like around 200ish runs to win but when Ben Stokes was eventually dismissed by Josh Hazelwood I think one of the attacking shots he got the leaning edge and Alex Carey ran towards short square leg and short cover I guess it was ran to extra coverish position and took the catch I think when Ben Stokes was dismissed there were just 70 odd runs required and Josh Tong and Jamie Anderson kind of hung in there towards the end Josh Tong did score 19 odd runs he was looking comfortable may I add but he was the last one to go Australia were never in doubt when Ben Stokes dismissed and Ollie Robinson went quickly after that as well so Australia were never in any sorts of bother may I add and it was it was magnificent bowling performance towards the end once Stuart Broad was dismissed uh, and Ollie Robinson were dismissed they kept on bowling short they knew that short ball would trouble the tail end and that's how they dismissed in England for 327 and winning the game by 43 runs a couple of points to talk about not important enough but uh, i think they need to be covered and that is the wicket keeping of alex carey alex carey arguably is the best wicket keeper batsman right now in test match cricket at least he has been magnificent i think the way he takes catches he took a one handed catch as well he he was the and he was quite important with the reviews and stuff as well and today when australians were bowling short he was kind of giving a target to the bowlers where they should bowl because if if they wanted to bowl short and wide he was kind of you know standing a bit on the leg side and not actually in the center of the wicket giving the bowlers you know and target to know where they have to bowl and if they get if they are lucky and get a nick off the bat or a brush of the glove and you know that alex carey would be in the right place because he's the one who is standing towards the leg side and being in the perfect position at the perfect time so credit to alex carey i don't even remember how many dismissals he did throughout the second test match i can see that there were 1 2 3 4 dismissals in the second innings three of them were catches one of them was that brilliant stumping in inverted commas may i add and in the first innings i guess there were a couple as well uh once again i wanted to talk about the australian pace attack as well because they might not get a lot of coverage in this second test match particularly after what ben stokes did to them on day 5 and i wanted to talk about mitchell stark pat cummins and josh hazelwood mitchell stark did replace scott boland as i thought they would Uh, and he was just brilliant three wickets in the second innings and three wickets in the first innings as well yes he was a tad bit expensive but he he gave them something different the australian attack he gave them something different bowling fast and swinging the ball and being a left hander is something which is quite valuable in a test match and that is something what he provided and he did live up to his expectation six wickets in in the test match it was quite brilliant but we often hear the term that fast bowlers hunt in pairs and that's kind of true but for australians as far as the australians are concerned fast bowlers are hunting in a pack of 3 mitchell stark pat cummins josh hazelwood have been a wonderful trio a fast bowling trio and one of probably world's best uh, in the past 5 or 6 years and the way th- 
the three the three of them bowled was absolutely mesmerizing to see stark picking up three wickets Cummins with three and Josh Hazelwood picking up three wickets as well in the second innings and it was right that all three of them have the same number of wickets because it was just brilliant brilliant bowling Josh Hazelwood has just returned from injury he had an okayish sort of game in the first test match I think he picked up three wickets just three wickets in the first test two in the first innings and one in the second innings but he was just magnificent as this t- test match got got deeper he picked up two wickets in the first innings and those two wickets were quite important as well he dismissed ben duckett for 98 uh, i think it was a catch taken by david warner at fine leg one other wicket got from the shorts by bowling the short stuff he got ben duckett for 98 in the first innings and got johnny paste of 16 in the first innings as well but his three wickets in the second innings were arguably the most important three wickets any australian could have picked he dismissed ben duckett ben stokes and then stuart broad i three of the best batsmen in the in the english second innings josh hazelwood got all three of them so once again credit to the australian pace attack those trio have been excellent we have we have seen various other teams having a couple of good fast bowlers um the mind comes back to james anderson and stuart broad for england shami siraj bumrah for india matt henry trent bolt uh, southy neil wagner kyle jamison for new zealand rabada engidi nokia jansen for south africa shannon gabriel and kimar roach for west indies but I think none of them could can compete with Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood. I think these three have cemented their place in this third test match and I don't see them being replaced anytime soon if fit. Final final point before we wrap things up here on this uh, Cricket Corner podcast re- review episode and I want to talk briefly about James Anderson. He looked out of his depth, didn't he? I think the body language was kind of down and negative. he wasn't up there he wasn't enjoying the game may i add there were a couple of drop catches as well he just picked up three wickets in this ashes series and he's bowled like 70 odd overs and things are not looking good if you are a james anderson fan don't get me wrong he is arguably world's greatest fast bowler of all time but then again i think his place in the starting 11 is in jeopardy with the likes of chris wokes and chris and mark wood waiting in the wings but that would again time will tell who replaces who for the time being congratulations australia on your 43 run win 2-0 up in the series i was kind of concerned that things would and could go south for england and they could find themselves 2-0 down with a lot to do for the latter stages of the ashes for the remaining three test matches i think the third test match is at headingley if i'm not wrong uh, let me just have a look yes it is at headingley starting on the 6th of july so four days from today well you never know what england are going to do will they stick to their attacking style of approach will they just play normal pragmatic cricket well only time can tell but for the time being congratulations once again to australia at the time of recording i don't think the man of the match has been awarded or has it been awarded let me just have a look if 
the man of the match has been given yes it has been given to steve smith 110 in the first innings 34 in the second innings as well wonderful wonderful batting from steve smith completely forgot about his innings but hey he was just class in that first innings 110 of the most beautiful runs you can see someone someone score and i didn't i think i did tweet when he was batting that there's never a dull moment when steve smith is on the wicket and i think it's quite right congratulations steve smith for your man of the match award as well but yeah for the time being uh, we will call it a day here and congratulations once again to australia i think i've said this for the third time now but the things move to headingly with england needing to win all of the remaining test matches to regain the ashes from australia australia right now are in a commanding position two week two test matches under their belt three if you include the world test championship final as well so their tour to the united kingdom is successful at the halfway stage three played three won three more remaining let's see which australia turn up at headingly as well so yeah that's the review episode for the second test match at lords if you liked what i talked about make sure you're liking sharing and subscribing on youtube if you like what i said on spotify then make sure you are giving me those wonderful five star ratings however for the time being this is me what's alvora signing off ciao for now sports social podcast network